The pair you are about to hear are not professionals. Their opinions and beliefs are not that. They are just two idiots that are spitting nonsense. Hello, hello, hello. It's your favorite friends. Hello. My name is... Squill. Squill. I'm taking the role for Zach today. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm gonna be. He's in the closet. I'm gonna be Jasmine's uh uh virtual chicken on Stardew that I named McFucker. <laughs> <laughs> I really did do that. One of my chickens. Is that the blue one? Uh, no, I don't have a blue one yet because I didn't befriend Shane. I befriended the doctor, like Harvey. I think I'm going to marry have you him. Fucked Linus no, I haven't fucked Linus yet. They need to add that as an option. What the fuck? <laughs> I would have fucked Linus already. <laughs> God damn. For real though. Dang. So, uh, how's really your week been? That, that good homo ass. That not homo hobo ass. <laughs> yeah, that great. Ho- you know what? He's not a hobo. All right. He's just. You said he envir- was a hermit. He lives in a tent. And yes, he is a hermit, all right, but he chooses to live that way. You understand what I'm saying? So he he lives off the land. Yes, he lives off the land. Exactly. So, so he's he, he's <laughs> I guess you could call him a <laughs> yeah I guess you could call him a druid because like there's like cutscenes where you see him with the wizard. So okay, he could so be a druid. I'm not entirely wrong. You're not you're not off the beating path. No. All right. <clears throat> so but, how how's the week been? Uh, other than playing stardew um so so far in this campaign i've put about 45 hours into this world and then about 10 hours on the other one like and that one's like meant for multiplayer and i can only play that one when there's other people there but i'm having a great fucking time like let me tell you that's a great fucking game and you should download it and it's not like i haven't been saying it to you for the last three weeks to download the damn game but it's so much fun. I have, I've been busy with my my new school stuff because we're getting back into it. I'm writing more scripts and working on new ideas. Yeah, so, no, tonight tonight for school, uh, I had to make a video, and pretty much I had to make a trailer based off of a movie that I like, essentially. Oh, that's, so that's fun. I ripped a YouTube video, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, and then I ripped some free YouTube, like YouTube audio that's a like yeah. free audio in the title or whatever. And, uh, I went to work and stuff and made like a little, um, the movie that I chose was the 1973 animated movie, uh, fantastic planet. Oh, okay. I remember we watched that. Yeah, yeah. Crazy movie. Yeah, dude, I chose that. And uh, did like a little description at the beginning. And like, it it was cool. All in all, it was about 55 seconds long. So it was about the length of an actual trailer. Yeah. I mean, the entire entire idea of Fantastic Planet is very hard to comprehend for a trailer. So, well, not Um, really. It's like about humans that are trapped on uh a planet where uh there's bigger like uh they're treated as pets essentially yeah they're they're treated as animals and it's like it's like a whole statement on racism and 
it's it's very big yeah. brain activity stuff if but you're interested to, to portray that kind of movie since it's not english and it's a french movie yeah it's a french it's movie so you have a trailer to, yeah yeah essentially so that sounds fun i have been doing kind of my own thing new scripts uh, i got uh, good approval from people who like my original idea for my tv show right uh, yeah a- adult animated sci-fi comedy action uh that i've been working on for a while um yeah and they, they, a lot of people said they would they would watch it <laughs> so it, yeah. it actually gave me some hope for the idea I told my uh, teacher what I'm doing my presentation over, and it's the fact that they should have signs saying "Don't turn around in the Suez Canal." <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I'm so uh, serious. Like, like yeah, no, I was. Probably. I'm doing. I'm doing a whole presentation over the Suez Canal and things that people can do, could have done to, you know, not halt world yeah, trade for uh, six days before they get it yeah. partially unwedged enough to move ships by. You know, that ship wasn't, that ship, the Evergreen ship, wasn't the only kind of Evergreen product that got stuck. Apparently yeah, I know. There, there was a, tr- was, there was a uh, is, semi that was an Evergreen yeah, semi that semi had an issue. That wedged too, and that, uh-huh. I don't know if it was intentional or not. Right. But that's crazy fucking coincidence. Yeah. Who knows? So, maybe maybe there maybe somebody's trying to signal us in that Evergreen is a corrupt company, and you know uh, uh, we should look into it. Because if yeah, all these people maybe. are throwing fits, you know, from inside the company, like, yeah, damn. Uh oh, I had something <laughs> I wanted to talk about. Like uh, I usually have the so. I mean, last time I think I talked about what things go bump in the night and. Eventually, I don't know if I talked about Celray or Moxie. Moxie? Yeah, you talked about Moxie. Moxie is a, is a drink, the drink from, yeah. from Newfoundland. Yeah, and, and didn't you it, say it tasted like black licorice or something like that? Tastes like black licorice is some, what people say. It's, it's tagline is it's distinctly different. I personally like it because my grandmother introduced it to me. And... Uh, it's such a weird aftertaste. You can compare it to root beer, but then you have the 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 aftertaste, and that's what really puts it puts it off for most people. The other one that I found is called celery. Celery. I remember celery you you soda. you told me this one definitely because I kept yeah. asking. I said I said celery like seven times trying to understand what the fuck you were trying to say. <laughs> celery. C e l dash ray. Celery and it's a celery soda, so it tastes like celery for some reason. Yeah, what's yeah. the uh, what's the other one? It wasn't it like Afra. Oh, Africola. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I forgot about that one, man. I didn't forget about Africola, bro. I think we talked about this at the end, maybe, uh, of the last one. If we did, then I'm no. I think this wrong. might have just been us, like a private conversation that we had. Ah, uh, okay. Like not yeah, recorded. Africola is. Literally a bottle that says that says Afra, like the beginning of Africa, and then cola at the end, and it's a black bottle with a with a pine uh, with a palm tree on it. Right. Crazy. Yeah, because I typed in Afro cola, but I was screen sharing. You're like not Afro Afra, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, Afra, Afra cola. Uh, Celery's slogan. This is the one that 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 got me. It's called the taste of the town or the town from the next neighborhood. That's its slogan. 
What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a very interesting town. You know what I mean? Yeah. Celery. I, <laughs> I walked outside, ate a mouthful of gray ass. Uh, celery. You know, I just typed in celery and I got pictures of it. And you saying grass, literally, there's a grass soda. Right, there's another. There's yeah, a I'm sure that, that there is. If they're making a celery soda, why not make all the gross fucking soda? They got asparagus <laughs> soda, huh? Brussels sprout soda. I know fucking there's peanut disturbing. butter jelly. There's buffalo wings. There's bacon, chocolate. Mm, they're it. all made from like the same, like different companies that make weird drinks intentionally. Right. Um, I know ranch is one. Ranch tastes fucking gross. Don't tell Brian um, that. Yeah, no, He'll just go ranch. You've seen him do it before, right? Like with the. I have seen it do it. I have seen yeah. him do weird things several times, such as <laughs> the time that he held up two big ass bags of pancake mix from I, I do not know where. Yes, but... I know. Like we went to like Costco or some shit like that. Yeah, that's. And we had was. like the big fucking like seven pound bags of pancakes, and he was just have, like, "We're making I pancakes." Yeah, you do. I'm sure yeah. you do. That one was funny. Were you here the day he made green pancakes? He was on a pancake kick for like seven months. Do you remember that? He would just make pancakes every night. I'm like, what the hell yeah, is wrong no, with you? I remember you? that he was really into it for like a while because he had so much pancake mix. And, and I was concerned for, <laughs> his, for what he was, about, he, he was about to do to his body. Yeah, um, me too. Luckily, he's out of that fit. I did not know he made green pancakes, though. Yeah, dude, he, it, it wasn't for you. Then it was probably for, like, Kate and Kels. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well. Back when that, that happened. Sounds... But yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, move from green Let's pancakes to something yeah. that's completely not green and completely not a pancake. Uh, there's new photos of a black hole illuminating details of its surrounding magnetic fields. Um, the scientists that revealed the first photograph of a black hole have added polarized light to the image, offering a more detailed look at its magnetic fields. According to new scientists, the group of astronomers working on the Event Horizon Telescope project have released a polarized-based image of the black hole that they first captured in 2019. The new photo offers a much sharper view of the black hole, particularly the swirling magnetic fields surrounding the edge of the cosmic body, which may reveal more about the jet process in space. Uh, the group's most recent study, published in the Astrophysical Journal Letters, presents new findings of how the supermassive black hole located at the center of the M87 galaxy, which is 55 million years away, may I add, uh, launches powerful jets of matter from its core. The formation of these jets has long been a mystery to researchers, but the newly illuminated magnetic fields may provide some important clues. <clears throat> so if you guys can't see like it's essentially uh a vignetted photo <laughs> that's kind of like what it what it looks like but it, it's it's a very blurry photo with a with a long like a long exposure you could tell how long the exposure was you know what i yeah, mean yeah yeah like very long yes very very long, very long exposure yeah yeah, and it's supposed to capture all the detail of what you can capture with something so far away. Yeah. Uh, it's cool that they found out the magnetic waves and how it Yeah, no, and, no, you know, like it's just one like big that. giant spiral, except it goes out in like every direction, <laughs> if you understand yeah. what I mean, it, it, with just uh, antimatter in the middle, I guess. Yeah, it really is 
because black holes are so different than what we realize. Because when you think of a black hole, oh, you just think of it like just a giant black hole. When really, in reality, it's like a sphere. Uh, right. One movie that really good, and and I'm all in. Interstellar. The story is not the best. Interstellar. Interstellar did the best depiction of what possible space travel could be, um, espe- well, especially <coughs> with uh, how the black holes are being depicted. As it was a sphere where it warped space and time as you got closer to it and broke what the fourth dimensional barrier is, what we essentially call that. Um, right. Um, so it's, it's, a little more, I have a little bit more about the telescope itself. <clears throat> this is a really high tech telescope guys. And you could tell like that we are light years behind where we need to be in and fucking, uh, light imaging technology. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or negative light imaging technology, whatever. Anyway, uh, the Event Horizon Telescope itself is actually made up of eight telescopes that are linked together to create one giant radio telescope that orbits the Earth and uses the planet's rotation to aid in capturing incredible images that can be examined back on the ground. In this case, the uh, Event Horizon Telescope team uh, measured the polarized light near the black hole to determine the strength of its magnetic field. As noted by the report, the reading of the black hole's magnetic field came out somewhat between 1 and 30 gauss, which is a which is a unit of magnetic induction, <clears throat> which is up to about 50 times the strength of Earth's magnetic field. <laughs> you just get crushed, dude. <laughs> crushed. Uh, the planet's poles were its strongest. Uh, the measurement helped researchers to gain a better understanding of how the black hole and its jets may work. The jet Here, process. So- what? Yo, sorry. So, uh, think about this. If you were able to step into a human-sized hydraulic prush, uh, crusher, mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty much exactly how the black hole is going to feel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, and, yeah, so. If you come back together about... at the end, who knows? But no. uh, <laughs> We'll see about that. I think that you just dissolve into light. Energy, the light, energy, something like that, or we don't know what's on the other side. I don't, I don't know entirely. Uh, well, no one really knows entirely. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Until it actually happens to be proven, uh, whenever that will ever happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and I included a couple of pretty cool images there that are uh, part of the article. Uh, but towards the end of 2019, NASA released a black hole simulation that showed how gravity warps light within a black hole. And then a couple of months later at the beginning of 2020, scientists detected the biggest explosion in the galaxy, which was believed to be from a supermassive black hole, which will eventually eat everything up because it's a black hole. Yes, exactly. Like we're slowly, but inevitably heading towards a black hole. Very like, slowly. We'll be dead by then. So well, yeah, we'll yeah. Just... Like, well, there will be fucking 100 generations at least before this fucking... Yeah. Like, when I say 100 generations, that's being, like, you know, generous. Not not generous, very, very but, generous. like... It'll yeah. probably be 100 to 1,000 to right. 100,000. to 100,000 yeah. generations. I don't know. Billions of years from now, probably. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> uh, but since, we're ta- since we've been in space for a while, let's bring it back down to Earth. Um... <laughs> And and we're gonna talk about some. I mean, some of uh, some police bust 
Uh, I think I talked about uh, Police Bust at one point about video games where a guy escaped from prison and then got busted for going out and buying Call of Duty. So yeah, this is another did. kind of thing in the in the vein of a police bust dealing with video games as a police <laughs> bust uh, <laughs> world's biggest operation, video game operation. What was that? It's called Operation Chicken Drumstick. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? So, the collaborative effort between Chinese police and ga- gaming giant uh, Tencent has led to the closure of what a police say is the biggest ever video game cheat operation. The gang designed and sold cheats to popular video games, including Overwatch and Call of Duty Mobile. Roughly $76 million, uh dollars in revenue was made by the organization which charged a subscription fee to the clients. Police seized assets worth $46 million, including several luxury cars. Chinese Tencent <clears throat> revenue search thanks to the gaming boom. Inter- uh, and uh, the operation was called Chip- Chicken Drumstick. Uh, operation and, Chicken Drumstick. Yeah, and had a website selling to hundreds of countries and regions. Uh, local media reported subscription prices for users began around ten dollars a day, and up and went up to two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, so uh, Kushan police found and destroyed seventeen cheats and arrested ten people in connection with the ring. Uh, it's it is it said it was the world's biggest cheating case due to the large sums of money and games involved. Which yeah, no, it sounds like a fucking major scam that's been happening for, for quite yeah, a while now. quite a minute yeah with players able to win millions in gaming tournaments around the world a crackdown on cheating is has intensified in recent years which yeah yeah cheating is is a big thing in gaming if you're gonna cheat then uh if you're gonna cheat to make sure that you surpass uh someone in like tournaments and stuff like that and where you're actually like competing for stuff then yeah that's kind of fucked yeah no that's really fucked yeah well we're gonna move on from that police bust oh, man okay. into I, I have a good another police bust <laughs> that was so weird <laughs> okay i have a good transition for this next one so since we started in space which is above earth we're going a little below earth uh, kind of to the road of hell as uh, little uh, Nas X, who is known for his weird and crazy shit that he makes. Very weird, does. very and, crazy. And the music video he makes are just crazy. And his new uh, song called, what was it called? Um, God, I can't remember. Montenay, Mont, uh, Montero, that's what it is. Call me by your name. Uh, he has a music video with that uses religious imagery to depict the artist's coming out story and stuff like that, which is cool. I have no issue with that, uh, but it does depict Satan and stuff like that. And because of this, uh, a company called MSCHF uh, or Mischief, uh, who have made made a reputation of making uh, mainstream re- uh, retail uh, with products and viral stunts that go. Uh, that are out just out there um like nothing is sacred that is what their company uh uh deals uh with and their recent thing was the satan shoes for little nas x in the past they have done other things like uh i did find some stuff uh they did an app that chooses stocks based on your astrological sign a bath bomb shaped like a toaster 
and an item called Puff the Squeaky Chicken. A chicken-shaped, hold on, a chicken-shaped bong that squeaks when you smoke it. (laughs) I want one. (laughs) I know. Squeak. Uh, So fucking cool. Uh, but they have now recently partnered with Little Nas X for his Satan shoes, uh, which are there's uh, these black shoes that have the uh, the pentagram emblem on on the laces, uh, Luke ten eighteen written on them one uh, uh, and and the number of the uh, the the shoe he got. Oh, and also has the Nike logo on it, and that is a big portion of it because he's getting sued. Also, because he's a fucking idiot, you don't buy shoes at a fucking wholesale cost and then now, turn around and fucking sell them for a grand. Yeah. Now he they they did not buy shoes. They made the shoes. Mischief made these shoes themselves. Uh, the, the 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 liquid that's in the heel of the shoe, the base is a mixture of like red dye and something and. It has one drop of blood from Mischief's own members of their uh, production staff, their team, the people who run that, the, 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 What kind of uh, fucking satanic pentagram are they trying to create with blood magic? They're they're all about (laughs) pushing boundaries and stuff and that nothing is sacred, which is fine. I get that because. Yeah. And all of artistic expiration, expiration, well, expression. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't yeah. the, the worst thing that I've seen be made by a, by someone or a company or something like that. I've seen way worse stuff. But, like, it is a very big uh, thing that they're pushing on uh, on that. Uh, the shoes priced at $1,018, and there were 666 of them, sold out in a fucking minute. Yeah. So, like, they were just there for a minute, and they're gone. And everybody, and now the people who bought them own them, and that's it. Uh, but they're being sued by Nike because of it. Uh, but it stands to reason that the company that thrives on pushing buttons will not immediately... Oh, yeah, no. Mischief did not immediately... Re- okay, here, hold on. So, inside the soul, the company confirmed sud- uh, Sunday was a drop of human blood drawn from members of the Mischief team. The sneakers sold out in a minute after the- it went sale on Monday. Um, they're being sued by Nike because it has the Nike swish on it, uh, and it's not a official licensed merch, of course, by Nike because they would never make something like this. Uh, the statement after was complaint was filed. Nike reiterated that it is no way affiliated with the Satan shoes. Uh, now this isn't directly tagged to Little Nas X as he did not purposely put the Nike swish on it. It was Mischief's choice to do that. So they're the ones being sued, not Little Nas X, but he is tied in in some way. So. Well, yeah, I'm sure he staked money. Yep. Well, uh, we'll see how this plays out because he's always he's he's known for pushing boundaries as well and whatnot. Uh, I have no issue with how he just went around doing went about to do this, but to put on a logo from another company without their permission is very very, like, bad. <laughs> Very bad. Right. I don't think uh, Little Nas X cares, honestly. He doesn't seem like the person that would care. Um, so, yeah. But that's pretty much it for our news in real world. Uh, also, Christians are mad at him because of it promoting Satanism and showing it to kids and stuff like that. But, like, 
in, in my opinion, I don't think he's promoting it. It's just a way to, as a metaphor to uh, 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 of his music and stuff like that. Um, if he is a Satanist, good on him. I mean, that that's that's if you want to be that, that's fine. I have no issue with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it for our, our real world ish news. Yes. So now we will be moving over into movie news, you know. So uh, our favorite sexy fly man, you know, Jeff Goldblum, may be reprising his role as the Grandmaster in Thor, Love and Thunder. Which is awesome. Which is amazing because, like, he's, yeah, he's... I really really liked him as the Grandmaster in Thor, Love and uh, and Thor Ragnarok. He has, like, the perfect level of chaos. That's, like, the only... (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, the only way I can describe this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but um, like many of you, I've been hoping to see Jeff Goldblum return, and uh, the movie's currently in production in Australia, and yes. uh, Australia reports that a few members of the film's cast and crew were in attendance at a football match. The group included Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, director Taika Waititi, and Mr. Jeff Goldblum. The new- awesome. I know, I know. Like so, like with word of all these people getting added on, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Melissa McCarthy and, you know, yeah. like fucking Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Yeah. Liam yeah. Liam Hemsworth. Like exactly. Uh, Bale for Gore, the God butcher. That's what Chris I'm saying. Pratt, like, this is a star studded movie and it's going to be fucking film. fantastic already. And, and, and once you added Jeff Goldblum in there, like, yeah. you know, the sex symbol, like himself, just, yeah. Man, that's a, that was like oh, the cherry man. on top. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, and uh, and Thor really reprising his role for uh, Earth woman. Earth women are easy in a sense. Yes. Yes. Uh, has this, has Chris Pratt is going to return as Star Lord as well. Yep. So that's exciting. Yep. Um, but that is not all. Uh, as just recently, a new person has been added to the cast as a cameo. And that is none other than Russell Crowe himself. Yes, the fat uh, man. Which is, I, I, I did not expect to see Russell Crowe in a, in a Marvel film, of all things. Um, right. I expected very... to see him on a bender somewhere on the on an overpass. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I just don't know what Russell Crowe's been up to besides making that movie where he tried to drive that girl off the road. What about Noah? What about that one with Emma, Emma Watson? Dude, when the fuck and was that? That was, I think, like 2015. Yeah, that was like a long time ago. That was six years ago, dude. I I want to know more about Russell Crowe because Russell Crowe has been in some stuff. He was in Gladiator, if everybody knows. I yeah, know yeah, back when he was fucking ripped, boy. Unhinged, a beautiful mind. Unhinged Robin is the Hood. one that I was talking about, the the fucking yeah. road rage movie. Uh, there's a beautiful mind, Lay Miserable. Uh, oh, there is a few things he's been in. Oh, he was the the voice of Jor El for Zack Snyder's Justice League. I keep forgetting. Oh that yeah, yeah, I keep forgetting yeah. that too because remember how yeah. surprised I was like whenever I found yeah. out that that was those two voices because I recognized the voices but I couldn't like pinpoint who they were until you told me and I was like, oh shit, like. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, but he's got a he's got a role. He's been in a few things. Oh yeah, he was he was Henry Jekyll in the Mummy remake with 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 Tom Cruise. I forgot about that. Oh my god. Oh, Stop. that movie's bad. Yeah, that movie was bad. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, it's good to see that he might be in 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 uh, in 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 in, in, in uh, Love and Thunder. Yeah, I just had a stroke for a second, but we're back. In 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 in. Oh God. Anyway, moving on from you know Thor, we're gonna go straight back on to Disney Plus and reach around to the butthole and touch Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Uh, <laughs> the Bad Batch trailer arrives ahead of uh, May the 4th launch. So that's Ooh. exciting. Which, uh, if you guys don't know, which you should if you're an actual nerd, like um, May the 4th is National Star Wars Day because May the 4th be with you. Yes. It's the only day and, that you can say that. <laughs> oh, yes. And then May the 5th is um, Revenge of the 5th. I had to remember it for a second. No. May the 5th, I'm drunk. May the 5th, you can be drunk, or it's Cinco de Mayo, or what people would refer to as... Cinco de Drinco, you know what I'm saying, bud? (laughs) It's also my cat's birthday. Oh, really? Yeah, she turns uh, one on Cinco de Mayo, so she's my Mexican trash cat. Mexican Um, trash cat. Yep. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, The Bad Batch is slated to launch on Tuesday, May 4th. And uh, the premiere of the CGI animation series first trailer, which immediately follows the footsteps of Clone Wars revival on Disney Plus a little over a year ago. The new series also sees longtime Clone Wars steward Dave Filoni return as co-executive producer. Clone Wars 7th season opened by focusing squarely on the Bad Batch, a ragtag group of clone troopers, also known as Clone Force 99, whose mutations turn them into super soldiers above the rest of the clone fray. Their combination of action-filled missions and comic relief banter set a solid tone for a season that barreled towards epic set set pieces long teased by Filoni, particularly the Siege of, Mand- the Siege of Mandalore. Uh, Tuesday's new trailer sees the Quintet, Hunter, Echo, Tech, Re- Ricker, and Crosshair. I almost said Riker. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, no, not, not Riker. But... Uh, Immediately fall under the watchful eye of Wilhuff Tarkin, who we met in A New Hope, where he famously ordered the Death Star to fire upon Alderaan. He notices the unit's knack for disobedience while doing his droid-killing bidding before eventually ordering his army to wipe out Clone Force 99. Exactly why and when that order comes down is unclear, though this series takes place squarely in the franchise's Imperial era, and thus far appears to be full of laughs, blasters, explosions, sweeping dogfights, massive lizards, and throwing knives, all rendered in the same plastic toy aesthetic favored by Clone Wars. This trailer includes the welcome return of Mandalorian sniper Fennec Shand, voiced once again by actor Ming-Na Wen, along with an unnamed child who, according to StarWars.com, meets our heroes on the planet Kamino uh, before getting tied up in their escape plans. Between these and the return of the Clone Wars uh, character Saul Guerrero, it's hard to imagine Bad Batch not roping in further cameos over the course of its season. Unsurprisingly, uh, Disney is sticking with its once-a-week trickle for new episodes once the series launches, and after its special 70-minute premiere on Tuesday, new episodes will follow every Friday, likely with shorter lengths from that point on. So we'll probably get, like, you know, a 22- to 30-minute episode every week for animated either that or a 45 22 30 or 45 one or the other i highly recommend anybody to watch the clone war series because it is a very good series and i consider it to be fully canon and if anybody wants to retaliate that then 
uh, I well, yeah, it's fully canon. You. They're going forward with it. Yeah, no, keep it going. Well, some people don't like to believe it is because it's a big Clone Wars. It's animated, but it really fills a lot of plot holes, like for the movies and stuff right. like that, and dives deeper in characters and whatnot. And I, I, I highly recommend anybody to watch it. All seven seasons, and the Bad Batch is really looking up to be something great too. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, ragtag mo- squad. Yeah, moving so on from uh, next ragtag squad. Disney to HBO. Uh, Harley Quinn HBO has Disney. A- HBO. Not Disney. DC. <laughs> HBO <laughs> Disney. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Harley Quinn has uh, a new bad guy. Has new bad guy allies. Harley Quinn has new bad guy allies. Sorry, in the Suicide Squad Red Band trailer. Uh, yeah. The original Suicide Squad took place a year after the death of Superman in Zack Snyder's BVS, Dawn of Justice. Uh, intelligence officer Amanda Waller, fuck that bitch, receives permission to create Task Force X, fuck that bitch, uh, a tactical response team to combat metahuman threats. The group is composed entirely of criminals and supervillains and is led by Colonel Rick Flagg. That sounds like a very American name, doesn't it? Uh, the government plans plants nanite bombs in their necks to keep them reasonably under control, promising to shorten their sentences if their missions are successfully fulfilled. All-star cast included Will Smith as Deadshot, Margot Robbie as Harley Queen, uh, Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang, and Jared Leto as the Joker. <laughs> yikes. Oh, yeah. That original one was just the big yikes, you know. It it was largely abysmal to critics. Twenty six percent Rotten Tomatoes. We're gonna we have it on a trash talk eventually. <laughs> God, I love that isolated laugh. Yeah, but they have been decided to make a second one, and they tagged on James Gunn of uh, of all people. Who, if you don't know who James Gunn is, where have you been? He has created the Guardians of the Galaxy films. He has worked on the Scooby-Doo fit franchise. He, uh, not the Scooby-Doo franchise, the live-action Scooby-Doo films. Uh, he has done, uh, I think uh, there was a, there was, oh, he did Brightburn. He was a producer for Brightburn. Oh, we Brightburn? Yeah, we watched that. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Like, he, was, he wrote uh, Beazle, the, the final uh, 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 short for Movie 43. Uh, he... <laughs> If you remember that, that's the animated cat. Oh, one oh, movie forty three. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> he wrote the segment. Did Diesel. I watch movie forty three with you? No, but it's on our list. Oh my god, uh, that I think movie's maybe we fucking awful. It. I feel like no. I feel like we watched it like last year or something like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's just faint memory at this point. I know that's what I'm saying. The, the segment Beazle, which was about an animated cat that was sexually in love with his uh, male. Uh, owner and was jealous of his new found girlfriend and tried to kill her yeah so uh he also helped with the video game lollipop chainsaw just a bunch of bunches of dawn of the dead 13 ghosts uh 13 ghosts is a fucking classic yeah that that shit was scary man Uh uh-huh like he's worked on some good shit and now he's doing the Suicide Squad, which I'm, I'm glad. And they released this trailer, Red Band trailer. Go watch it. It is so good. I am so hyped for it. 
Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. I would put uh, it up there with the Mortal Mortal Kombat uh trailer, Red Band trailer. How did you feel about King Shark's portray? I feel like it's I perfect. feel like Sylvester really? Stallone sounds like he's had like three strokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I think at all times whenever he opens I, I his just mouth. I just want him <laughs> <laughs> Um but um, he is King Shark, which is just a giant shark man, and uh if hopefully he sounds very dumb in the trailer. Uh so hopefully he says the, the classic tagline, King Shark is a shark. He is. Uh, yeah, but they also uh, are showing some new characters. Uh, I want to find the cast list uh, of, of, of it, but it, it's a big cast. They have John Cena. Yeah, they increase Alien, it a bunch. Uh, 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 Margot Robbie, Jai Courtney, Isdris Elba. Uh, Peter Capaldi. Geez. Uh, yeah, Peter Capaldi, the I Storm think Reed, Tanashka G. Yeah. He plays yeah, Thinker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Nathan Fillion, Sean Gunn. Uh, oh, it's down Alice, here. I didn't see the Yeah, yeah, like they're all down there. Yeah. <clears throat> Flula Borg, which is crazy. Sylvester Stallone, uh, Daniela McCor, Michael Rooker, uh, Pete Davidson. And uh, they are going to be fighting uh, the enemy, Starro. I am surprised that they decided Starro of all enemies. Uh, Starro is a mind-controlling intergalactic starfish and leader of the Star Conquerors. It's alien. It's a race of alien starfish that mind-controls people and conquers the conquers the universe. Yes, pretty much. Which, which is crazy, and I'm excited for it because it looks so weird. And if you if you know me by heart, I love anything weird. Um, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so same, the, but the same is... at this at, at the same time because uh, I know. that's why we get along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, oh, it it releases August sixth, twenty twenty one, on HBO Max uh, simultaneously as in the theaters. Um, so we're gonna jump from uh, this. Uh, we're, DC. we're sticking in the DC realm as we are going about for the villain sector. Uh, we Villains. The release date for Black Adam, which was revealed in a poster in a video by Dwayne Johnson, who is playing no less Black Adam himself. Uh, Black Adam is basically like the main. <laughs> Sorry, you <laughs> I said Blatum. What you? Oh my god! <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, Just leave me to die. Oh, uh, that's such that's uh, that's such a cringe name, but dude, it I've so been well fucking cute. doing that all night. Like everything that you've said, I've been like shoving together like all the 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 things that we're gonna talk about at the end, and all the pictures that you sent yeah. me on Discord. Oh, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Black Adam ha- is a uh, basically the main villain of uh shazam and is basically contender for shazam yeah shazam <laughs> uh for for being the best uh uh dry uh towel that can soak up the best water or uh liquids and stuff like Howdy that ho. i think that's what it was called the shazam no 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 chamois the chamois went the sham wow oh that's what my it was god I, don't even remind <laughs> me dude you know that guy did a bunch of coke and slapped the fucking he, he whore did. and went to jail yeah, he, he, he went to jail because he, he, he 
fucking beat a beat a, a prostitute. Stripper. Yeah. He, he no, he um, solicited prostitutes and then hit them. Yeah, that's that's what it was. He beat he beat strippers and prostitutes. Yeah, dude. All these TV fun. personalities like they ain't like they used to be. You know, like now we got we got people like Phil from fucking uh, Flex Seal, but like I'm talking about Billy Mays. You know, from yeah. OxyClean back in the day. He's just like, you want to clean your Coke? You want to get the Coke out of your shirt? Coke? Coke? And then, like, st- <laughs> and, and progressively got louder. He's like, clean your fucking clothes! Like, but it's only shown at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning when your TV's on, like, 2. Yeah. But for some reason, it, like, multiplies to 20 because he's on there. Yeah, uh, mainly things I remember from 3 in the morning is, uh, for some reason, the, the intro to Georgia Lopez always being on, or infomercials, either about Billy Mays. Yeah, yeah, it's just ingrained in my brain at this moment. <laughs> low ra <laughs> It's a little higher. <laughs> right? I got it all. <laughs> exactly, exactly, bro. Exactly. Uh, uh, we are so off topic. I know. Uh, like, we started at Black Adam, the- I think. Uh, Black Adam to George Lopez. What a trip. Yeah, um, uh, July 29th, 2022, guys. Yes. Go see there it. Is a, there's a video of Times Square in New York City where it's actually kind of cool. They blacked out all the screens, and then a lightning bolt showed up, and then Dwayne The Rock Johnson kind of talked, which... I don't know if it ruined it, it's it's the way his the inflection of his voice sounds. He sounds a little too serious for the role. But I got to see him in the role itself to finally get the the premise of how this character is going to be played. Um so yeah. But uh yeah, you can check that out, just look it up or check in the the Discord links um to see that video. Uh yeah, like you said July 29th, 2022. It's officially been announced what its release date is. Hopefully it doesn't get pushed off. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. But uh, moving on, uh, up out of the DC superheroes, uh, we got District 9 director Blomkamp. He uh, has a horror movie called Demonic that comes out August 20th. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. You that's know, exciting. One of my favorite directors because he always makes some crazy and that's why i included this in here uh demonic is blomkamp's first major movie since chappie was filmed during the pandemic uh it tells the story of a family rift between mother and daughter and the terrifying demons that are released as a result carly pope who also appeared in blomkamp's elysium and hilarious cooking with bill series will star in demonic along with chris william martin and michael rogers uh previous reports from deadline stated that the demonic film was on set covid19 protocols in british columbia canada during summer 2020 the movie is said to feature a strong sci-fi and vfx component in keeping with blomkamp's previous three movies so strong sci-fi um strong strong character yeah like the visual Uh, effects are gonna be awesome i already feel it i know chappie wasn't the most liked which i can agree it had some plot holes and stuff like that yeah like why did he include die antwoord in there like yeah die antwoord was kind of a weird choice to choose but i mean it was probably the 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 tone and the direction he was trying to to fit because neil blomkamp is from south africa if you don't know um so he has grown up in that in that in well, that, that makes uh, more sense stick. for the setting of the of uh, exactly. district, district nine. Uh, so district nine is also set in South Africa, and it has that that tone. He he is from South Africa, so it makes sense. Um, but 
at least I am going to. Yeah, South African Canadian film director. Just had to make double check of my on my sources. Um, but yeah, he he is on. He's from South Africa, so I I enjoy his stuff. I really enjoy the uh, uh, the stuff I did like in Elysium. I love District Nine. If you haven't checked out, he has this stuff on YouTube called Oats Studios, where he makes these shorts. All of them are fu- all of them are amazing, and I highly recommend them. Well, guess um, what, dude? Do you know what I like? What George R R Martin. He signed oh, a five-year yeah. deal with HBO. <laughs> uh, yeah, so HBO is keeping George R.R. Martin in business, clearly. Uh, the Game of Thrones writer has signed an overall deal to develop original programming for the network and its streaming service, HBO Max. Uh, the contract spans five years and is worth uh, mid-eight figures. Uh, yeah. Uh, the deal represents an effort from HBO to continue the momentum of Game of Thrones, uh, the network's most popular and most award-winning series of all time. Though it's Pretty unclear much. how many, if any, of Martin's projects will be connected to Game of Thrones, uh, HBO has positioned the writer in a leading creative role to create more original content and help expand the network's streaming foothold through HBO Max. With this deal, George R.R. R. Martin already had other television series in the works at HBO, Executive producing adaptations of Nedki Okorafor's post-apocalyptic novel Who Fears Death and Roger Zelazny's fantasy novel Roadmarks. Um, Martin is connected to projects outside of HBO. Peacock is working on wild cards based on a series of novels written by Martin and others. The author's In the Lost Lands, a collection of fantasy adventure short stories, is being developed as a feature film with Paul W.S. Anderson attached to uh, direct and Mila Jokovic and Dave Bautista set to star, which is an interesting, very action-oriented cast. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, on top of that, Martin has stated that he hopes to finish The Winds of Winter sometime by the end of the year. Uh, the cool. news comes one week after HBO confirmed its plans to develop three new Game of Thrones spinoffs. The first God. has a working title, 10,000 Ships, and follows House Martell ancestor Princess Nymeria during events set a millennium before the events at Game of Thrones. The second takes place in Flea Bottom, the slum district of King's Landing that was featured in the first four seasons of Thrones. Uh, the final project is being developed by Rome creator Bruno Heller under the working title Nine Voyages. It would follow Lord... Corliss Valerian, uh, also known as the Sea Snake. Uh, in addition to those three new projects, there is plenty of Game of Thrones content already in the hopper at HBO, including two working projects and one greenlit series, House of the Dragon, that is set to begin yes. filming next month, eyeing a premiere sometime in 2022. Meanwhile, a prequel series adapted from Martin's novel, Tales of Dunkin' Egg, is also in the works alongside an HBO Max animated series. So HBO Max, like, uh, like... Pushing out a lot of Game of Thrones content. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, I I knew of House of Dragon. Uh, it's set. Uh, it's a prequel set 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones and focused on how t- uh, House Targ uh, Targaryen uh, Targ Targaryen. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I this is this is this is the thing about this. They're working on this big spinoff series and trying to weave this whole universe right but they but they put george rr martin on the cast which makes it makes me so much happier because of what they did to season six and seven of game of thrones yes yes since they went off the bait the base script and and all that and there wasn't even anything from the right which some shows catch up to that point um and i can think of a few off the top of my head but um 
it, it just it, it's hard because it doesn't follow the vision of what the author in, it has created uh and we will probably never ever get to see what that ending is for game of thrones um but or is that what the the wind of winter is or is is i don't know I'm, you know hold on i really I gotta don't. look at this what is winds of winter uh Sixth installment, yeah. Okay, so it is the Game of Thrones. It's the it should be the last book, so that's good. At least he's working on it and trying to finish it. We'll see how that goes. Right. Um, yeah. But um, on to another yeah, big I, movie news here, like which is really exciting. There is one thing I do want to say uh, is that this is a make it or break it thing. If HBO Max does not do good with this, uh, they are going to lose a lot of money. So, but we, sh- but I, I have hope for them because they're, yeah, they're, no, it I, seems like I have hope for them too. <clears throat> yeah. If they could do it well with the first five seasons, then you know, more power to them. Yeah. But since we are on the topic of subscription services, Netflix has kind of gone in. You, and so we're going to be talking about a movie that I highly favor everybody to go see, uh, Knives Out. It's on uh, Prime for free, um, and uh, I highly recommend it. That it is a phenomenal mystery uh, solve whodunit. I, I, it's like got that clue vibe to it, but it's so much more modernized. It's it's so good. Um, has Daniel Craig, has uh, Chris Evans. I'm trying to think who else is in there. Um, but yeah, uh, why are you changing at the knaves? Knaves out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's a great film it has really good reviews and netflix has decided to buy the two sequels that are being made for nearly half a billion dollars yeah i know but in so, the article i highlighted because it only says 450 dollars oh i didn't even realize i know that. i didn't i didn't change it or anything like i just highlighted it because i was like wow they spent so much money on this movie yeah, okay. <laughs> they spent I'm a whole 450 dollars yeah Netflix has purchased the rights to the both upcoming sequels to Ryan Johnson's mystery film *Knives Out*. According to Variety, Netflix has spent four hundred and fifty dollars to acquire the rights. <laughs> uh, yeah, spent for two movies, four hundred and fifty dollars. That's two twenty-five a piece. Too much. Too much. Yeah, too much. Uh, but he spent probably four. They probably they spent four hundred fifty million dollars to yeah, acquire yeah. the rights to the *Knives Out* two and *Knives Out* three uh, films. Uh, to the 2019 whodunit. The first film, which was originally distributed by Lionsgate, was made by Media Rights Capital, which sold the rights to the streaming giant. As reported last year, the first of the two sequels will follow Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc as he investigates a new case with a whole new cast, which should be... That should be interesting. I really like that he's following this this character, um, Benoit Blanc, because he is a very unique and captivating uh, private investigator and I really like it um, uh, following Johnson's work writing and directing Star Wars uh, La- The Last Jedi Knives Out became a surprise hit earning thir- $311 million worldwide on a budget of only $40 million in addition Yo. to garnering both yeah to, in addition to garnering both commercial and a critical acclaim the film landed Johnson an Oscar nomination for original best original screenplay uh yeah. Wow, I didn't He's, know that it had earned an award. It it is a like, 
like I said, it is you haven't you haven't seen it. You said you haven't seen it. Well, I watched the first um, hour of it, like, and then oh, stopped yeah, watching watched because I got busy. You got to, yeah, you got distracted. But I I would like us to watch, sit down and watch it because I really, I I love it. I really do enjoy this film. Uh, he says Ryan Johnson says I'm writing what hopefully will be the next one right now. Uh, the idea would be that Daniel Craig as a detective, whole new cast, whole new case, whole new location. It's just like doing another Hercule Poirot mystery, like Agatha Christie did. Jeez. Agatha, Agatha, Agatha bag. Agatha, 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 jeez. It was confirmed <laughs> last year that the two new films will not pick up on the events of the first movie, rather involve Detective Blanc investigating a new case, thus spiritually linking the films to other detective stories, like Agatha Christie's own mysteries, as Johnson previously previously te- and we are back remarkably it's only been about five minutes our time <laughs> yeah yeah not too bad not it's too fine. bad at all but yeah. um we're going to jump right back into uh, video game news, guys. And this one kind of bridges it for us from movies to video games. But anyway, uh, Sony and PlayStation Productions are developing a Ghost of Tsushima movie with John Wick's Chad Stahelski directing. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, the game recently crossed a massive milestone of selling 6.5 million copies since July 2020. Uh, the game is developed by Sucker Punch and published by Sony Interactive. And centers around Samurai War, Jin Sakai, uh, the last surviving member of his clan who must set aside the traditions that have shaped him as a warrior to wage an unconventional war for the freedom of Tsushima. Uh, Stahelski, Alex Young, and Jason Spitz are producing uh, through their company, 8711 Entertainment, Asad Kil- Kizilbash and Carter Swan will produce on behalf of PlayStation Productions, Sucker Punch Productions, will serve as executive producers. Peter Kang is overseeing the project on behalf of the studio. Um, Ghost of Tsushima is PlayStation 4's fastest-selling first-party original IP debut, selling more than 2.4 million units worldwide in its first three days. The game was one of the top nominees for the Game Awards 2020, uh, with several nominations including Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, Best Narrative, and Best Performer for Daisuke Tsuji. Uh, this will per, uh, mark the second film to come out of the partnership between Sony and PlayStation with Uncharted currently in post-production and said to be released February 11th, 2022. And I know that I'm excited about it. I was just talking to yeah, talking to Jag Great. about it earlier. Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark, baby. Right. Um Stahelski is about to start shooting John Wick 4 after directing the first three films. The films have become a massive box office success, surpassing $600 million worldwide. Yep. It's going to be crazy. Also, Matrix 4 comes out, which is also fucking crazy. Uh, so, yeah. Because John, uh, not John Wick, Keanu Reeves is in both films as the main character. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's great to see Ghost of Tsushima. At least it it seems like hopefully they'll take more time and consideration with the films and try to actually emulate the good uh, storytelling and world building. That right, right. Games. Like the better parts yeah. of uh, the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we're getting better at it, seeing as last year, not last year, was it last year Sonic the Hedgehog came out? Yeah, I um, think so. 
right before uh, COVID, right? Yeah, it was like one of the sure, last movies. And we both liked it a lot. Uh, there's also the Detective Pikachu movie, which is actually not that bad. Yep, I like um, Detective Pikachu as well. Yeah, so uh, it, it just giving good. Oh, and Mortal Kombat's coming out too, which looks fucking great. Um, so, like, giving at least some love and compassion to these films that are trying to emulate these amazing video games is is a is such a good homage to to the creation and the the work that was put into these games, um, because both the both spectrums of the of this uh, job area. Or just like that, the industry in general take a lot of work and time and love and compassion to put to make uh, good stuff like this, right? And having a bridge between the two just makes sense. I agree. But yeah. uh, while we're still in video games, I'm gonna move on to the next one, and this is the BAFTA Game Awards 2021. And uh, for for time's sake, I'm only including all the winners, not all the nominees, guys. Like we don't need to sit here and uh, list off all the fucking nominees, you know, because that's just for twenty minutes. Right, exactly, exactly. But uh, best game, Hades. Uh, British game, Sackboy, a big adventure. Uh, Animation, The Last of Us Part Two. Artistic achievement, Hades. Audio achievement, Ghost of Tsushima. Debut game, Carrion. Yeah. Evolving game, uh, Sea of Thieves. That's Family cool. game, Sackboy, A Big Adventure. Game cool. Beyond Entertainment, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. And game design, Hades. Yeah. Multiplayer game, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Music, Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Narrative, Hades. Which, I have Hades in my cart. I'm just waiting on that, yeah. that stemmy to hit, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna get Hades cool. too and start playing that. It looks freaking it looks awesome. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. So I just got Stardew Valley, obviously, and I've been putting a lot of time into that, but I think I'm going to jump over to Hades that. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. But Hades uh, does look cool. Uh, I, would lo- I-, I would love to play it. I don't know if it's on Xbox. I'll have to look. Um, right. Uh, I'm talking about Xbox. Oh, no. Are you- do you have more to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I got like three more. Uh, original property, Kentucky Route Zero, TV edition, whatever that is. Uh, performer in a leading role, Laura Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part Two. Performer in a supporting role, Logan Cunningham as Hades, Achilles, Poseidon, Asterius, Charon, and the storyteller <laughs> in Hades. So that's awesome. And uh, EE Game of the Year, voted by the public, is The Last of Us Part Two. good transition uh i hope hades is on xbox uh but since we're talking about xbox let's talk about xbox cloud gaming um xbox cloud gaming has added a bunch of older xbox games to its roster uh and i'm going to talk about what xbox cloud gaming is because of starting today you'll be able to play more than a dozen xbox and xbox 360 games via cloud streaming uh and this is microsoft's big announcement on their on their blog post as with other game streaming, the perk is only available to members of the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which is $15 a month. I have it, and I highly recommend it to anybody who uses it. You get gold, uh, which is the the service for live and multiplayer and stuff like that. But you also get hundreds of games that you can play without pay, a paywall and, and whatnot. Um, and it's great. Um, 
The cloud streaming first became available last September with the initial launch slate for more than 170 games playable on an Android device via the Game Pass app. If you have a solid internet or 5G connection and a decent mobile controller, that it's pretty actually it's actually pretty cool. I've looked into it. The the, the way it's set up is actually really 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 unique. Uh, right. Recent games like Halo 5, Guardians, Forza Horizon 4, 4 are meant to be on a 50-inch TV and vivid 4K displays, uh, but you can do this by hand now, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and I have a list of some of the games I've added. Uh, so you got Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, Double Dragon Neon, Fable 2, Fallout New Vegas, Gears of War 2, Gears of War 3, Gears of War Judgmental, Judgment, Jetpack Refueled, uh, Cameo, Perfect Dark and Perfect Dark Zero, Elder Scrolls Morrowind, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, Viva Piñata, uh, and that is it. Oh no, and Viva Piñata TIP, which I think is the second one. Uh, but yeah. I, I mean, it, it is it is a cool a cool uh, system that they've added and implemented where you can play Xbox games literally from your phone, uh, <laughs> uh, even and you are restricting the amount of detail that you can see and stuff like that. But at least it's a way that you can play mobile. Uh, but yeah, right. Uh, I think. I think it's a cool. I think it's a cool move on their part that they're doing that. Uh, another move that they've decided to do that Microsoft. I know Microsoft's just been making all these big moves. Big moves, baby, big moves. Because you know what? Everybody's starting to merge, and it's in. I know, the right? Like emerging. everything's becoming everything else, and the border, <laughs> the borders are so hard to see at this I point. Know. <laughs> the same way last week, I was talking about how everybody has a fucking expo. <laughs> Yeah, everybody has an expo and a showcase now because it all has to be uh, individualized. Um, but such as this, it, this is very individualized, and I love it. But since uh, a week, few weeks ago, and over the course of a few months, Microsoft has uh, been trying to join ventures and uh, bought Zenimax, the parent company of Bethesda and Obsidian Entertainment. Um, and because of this, a bunch of stuff has happened. Xbox Game Pass got a flood of Bethesda games. They're going in to make exclusive games made by Bethesda and uh, pot and stuff like that, as well as Zenimax and its other studios, uh, exclusive for Xbox as well, as well as just testing waters and stuff. And something they've decided is X Microsoft has revealed extremely limited edition Xbox controllers uh, that are Bethesda themed, uh, which all of them look great in my opinion. Right. Uh, yeah. The set includes controllers themed around Bethesda tiles, such as Dishonored, Prey, Doom, Fallout, and Evil Within. The prices uh, aren't bad either. Elder Scrolls Online and Wolfenstein. Sorry. Didn't add them all, but yeah. No, they look tight. I really love them. Especially Fallout. I love, like, the Fallout one is really calling out some more. Uh, but this is extremely limited edition. There is only one version of this. Uh, oh, no, wait. No, here it is. The controllers come in a chest adorned with Bethesda and Xbox Game Pass logos and have approximate retail value of $400, according to Microsoft. Aaron Greenberg, general manager of Xbox Game Marketing and Microsoft, said the Xbox Twitter account will soon reveal details about how you will be a chance of winning the limited edition. So this is a, 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 a raffle. So they actually did this. So you have to just retweet uh, with 
hashtag Bethesda Sweepstakes on Twitter for a chance to win. And it ends on April 16th. If you have a Twitter account, if you don't, you can make one real quick, and that will be the only thing you tweet. Um, I'm going to do it because I still have a Twitter account that I never use anymore, but, I mean, at least it gives me a chance to win this. Um, right. Yeah. I would love this. This would be amazing, such as I am a, I am a big fan of Bethesda's work, even though that they have their bugs and their issues, but at heart, I do love the content that they make. Um, and I and I am excited to see what else comes from this venture, of uh, this this joint venture, because they they were bought. Uh, Microsoft bought Zenimax on uh, March 9th uh, for seven point five billion dollar deal, so and that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. really is, man. Yeah. You know what, oh. else, bro? You want to know what else is a big deal? Oh, here I got one more thing. Um, Xbox. Uh, uh, has also released two new controllers that have colors, uh, two new c- color controllers, and one's Electric Volt, which is basically a giant, a, a, a controller with a neon green uh, or like electric yellow uh, color to it, uh, with a black aesthetic. And then you got this uh, Daystrike Camo Special Edition controller, which is like a red camo. And they'll both, uh, they'll, uh, the Volt controller will be on April, uh, come out on April twenty seventh. And the camo special edition will come out May 4th. Um, so, yeah. But you were going to go on to big news. Or, yeah. Uh, something big. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Like, I, I was I was just going to move on and, you know, just blow people's minds here. Because this is totally not uh, something that you could see coming. Oh, no, I saw it coming. Well, it was, it was... I, I was being very sarcastic when I said that. I don't oh, know if okay. it came across or not. <laughs> But yeah, Anthem, the director left. Anthem, if you don't know, well, of course. Every, of course, they know if they've been listening. <laughs> that we we just talk about the failed game. We just call it that. We don't even call it Anthem anymore. It's just the failed game. <laughs> Bioware's biggest next game from 2019, and it failed miserably because it had not enough content and was very lacking. And I played 10 hours of it because it was free on Xbox Game Pass, and I could say. It, was, it had the potential, but it was not there. And then they tried to reboot, reboot it with Anthem 2.0, and EA decided, nope, we're just going to shut down that. We're going to let Anthem play as it is and let it die out on its own. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, there, there's there's no shocker here that the director left. Like, yeah, it's just it's just like a passing thing, you know. Bioware is just slowly disintegrating. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It it seems like they're really trying to the flip. A lot of a lot of uh, companies are doing this, like they're flipping and transforming their management style as well as what they're gonna do for games and how they develop these games. And right, and their like update that. models and, and stuff like that. Models. Yeah, but uh, several Bioware veterans have returned to the studio to head efforts in the future of Mass Effect and Dragon Age 4, which is great. Uh, Anthem was a new pivot for the studio, taking a live service route that held a lot of potential. And like I said, it did have the potential, but it just wasn't there. Um, And uh, now they're kind of going away from the live service aspect, going back to the single player uh, aspect in RPG building and stuff like that right um 
yeah, that being said, uh, EA, the publisher of Bioware, made a big change in its own philosophy regarding single-player games, so much that the next Dragon Age's online elements have been completely stripped from the board, which, in my opinion, is not bad because Dragon Age wasn't an online game to begin with, and they were implementing that into it, so I feel like keeping it single-player is good, in my opinion. Um... From right now, the future for Bioware is remains to be seen, but it seems like they're poised to make a comeback from the disaster that is Anthem. And also Andromeda. Uh, <laughs> and the ending of Mass Effect 3. Right. Um, yeah. But since we're talking about companies that are making a big uh, switch in their style, we have to talk about, we have to talk about CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red made Witcher 3 and the Witcher series, and that's a great one. But they also developed Cyberpunk, which is not the best. But it had the potential. Like, again, it's another game that has potential and stuff like that. Like I said, the story is there. The world building is there. The gameplay is there. The bugs are all over the place, and it's just hard to play with the bugs. Um but there's no question, and their management, like, there's no question that Cyberpunk 2077 didn't turn out like developer CD Projekt Red was hoping. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no after the previous, yeah, after the studio's previous open world RPG, Witcher 3 earned widespread acclaim. Yeah, being, I think, my second favorite game of all, no, my third favorite game of all time is Witcher 3. Um, because its story was so fantastic. Um, and it, it received, received several Game of the Year awards. Cyberpunk 2077 almost immediately squandered all of that goodwill when it launched a buggy state that left the game near broken for many players. The situation got so bad that Sony pulled from the game from the PlayStation Store and hackers stole the source code from several CD Projekt Red's most recent projects in so-called retribution. Now CD Projekt Red is looking for a win, some of that goodwill back, both with patches to Cyberpunk 2077 I look forward to and a brand new development approach. Uh, they went hard on this new transformation. Right. So I'm going to kind of like dive a little into this. Um, so their transformation, their focus, uh, because they started on focusing on eight, uh, AAA R RPGs, now they're going to be focusing on genre blending with an RPG, a AAA RPG core. So what I'm getting from that is that they are deciding they don't want to solely focus on the triple a title they want to blend genres that have feelings and tones of a triple a rpg title um they're going to go from single player experience to a single player plus online experience uh subsequential ip development will become parallel ip development which i think is they're going to be developing multiple ips at the same time instead of doing it like in subsequence of each other um Waterfall development is becoming agile delivery. I do not know what that means. I think uh, it's a different style of how they're going to be developing the video games and how they're delivering the content. Uh, their games were AAA game focused, but now are becoming AAA slash broad IP ecosystems, meaning that it's just going to go from it's going to go beyond just gaming. And they are quality. They were quality focused, but now they're also team and quality focused. Of course, because their management came heavy under fire uh, when when uh, 
Cyberpunk 2077 came from that, which rightfully so. They they definitely needed to become on their management team. Definitely needed to be under fire for the way they they took their uh, approach of dealing with the developers and stuff like that. Um, it is a pretty drastic shift from the strategy of the studio used on Cyberpunk 2077, where it waited until The Witcher 3. Uh, ended development to move out the Cyberpunk 2077's ideation phase, yet announced the game three years before Witcher 3 even came out. Uh, this meant that Cyberpunk 2077 almost had a bit decade to build up, but much less time to actually be made. Um, yeah, they're calling the new strategy Red 2.0. Uh, can't wait. There's a roadmap for 2021 with patches and updates for Cyberpunk 2077, the free DLCs, and the next-gen update, Witcher 3. The Witcher series is going to get Witcher 3 Monster Slayer. It's a, it's a, uh, I think, a, a cross for Monster Slayer and Witcher. There is the Witcher 3 next-gen update and further development for the card game Gwent. And then they, they're doing a transfer, transforming development process. There's a lot of stuff. I could go on and on about this. But it seems like at least they're taking some effort to try to fix what management did and hopefully they're looking into how to better manage this company and their games going forward right um, yeah because i believe they they're good they they have the potential to be a i never company. said that they were a bad company i said that the no, management no, was bad like that the management yeah the management is, is is disastrous that that was a big company. yeah bad is an understatement <laughs> disastrous um but I I enjoy the stuff they make. Like I said, I enjoy Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. I have no ill will against it. It's just that it has bugs. That's pretty much it. It's the bugs that fuck up the game, in my opinion. Right. And, and like I said, the content wasn't is isn't all there. Like they they definitely had some stuff that was lack lacking. But the world building, the story. Another and, year, and they would have had it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have been fine. Another year. But the reason why they released it in twenty twenty. And, and, and they never specified it, but in my opinion, is because the original cyberpunk that came out in like 1990 is based in the year 2020. So they That's were trying a stupid to stupid reason to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's it's a it's a it's a wild it's it's a wild theory. Of That's mine, hilarious that whenever they thought uh, cyberpunk was going to come out, that that was what the future was going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's crazy, but you know what? Uh, I, I I enjoy the world of Cyberpunk. I I can't wait to see what these updates will bring because I want to see what they're gonna add because there's stuff that they definitely can add to make this game better. Um, and then they'll come out with the DLCs, uh, the the paid DLCs, the expansion probably next year, and then they'll build after that. There's maybe spinoffs and stuff like that. I just hope they're gonna follow the model that they are really pushing out right now. Right. Um, because that is that is something that is a hope of mine, and if they do do that, I can definitely see them getting their uh, their uh, record, not record, uh, popularity back, um, their reputation. There it is. Yeah. But is that? Yeah. But since we are talking about patches and updates. We have the next one for Call of Duty Warzone. Right. Warzone. Yeah. yeah. Warzone. Woohoo. But it's going to be a big monster update. Just saying. Uh, 
Yeah, Call of Duty Warzone's next monster update is 81 gigabytes smaller if you delete Modern Warfare. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so Call of Duty Warzone fans don't get have much to get excited about in tomorrow's mid-season update. While Black Ops Cold War is getting maps and modes, Warzone fans are getting a sniper rifle and a few new operators. But that doesn't mean that our hard drives are safe. Tomorrow's Warzone patch is a whopping 133 gigabytes download if you also have Modern Warfare installed. If not, wow. you're on a slight... Yeah, if not, in your slightly better shape. And this is only for PC, by the way. Uh, uh, so for PC, if you got Warzone only, it's only 52 gigabytes, which is still sizably big. Uh, but if you have Modern Warfare a in attached as well, it's 133, like I said. PlayStation 5 and 4 will be 52, and Xbox Series X, Series S, and 1 will be 57. Uh, why? Why? Why is it so massive? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. But I think the I games are only going to get bigger. Yeah, you know what I mean? Content. Like, as time goes but, on, like, the more detailed that they get. Like, in this... And yeah. Warzone's really detailed compared to all of their yeah. previous games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... I think like that's said, the longest project that they've ever had. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like usually yeah, it's one yeah. year, one year open and close deal. Like, and this one's been going for years and years. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like it, it definitely is something like, um, ah, shit. It, because like data is going to be made more detail is going to be more hyper realized and stuff like that. And you're going to see more in video games. So yeah, you're going to have a lot more data trying to be packed into a console or a PC and stuff like that. Um, and eventually we're going to get to video games that are 500 gigs. That's going to be for a while. That's going to be for a while, but yeah. Um, we're going to get to that point. Right. Base game 500 gigs. God. Well, speaking of base game 500 gigs, dude, like this, uh, this fucking photorealistic jungle that was made in dreams looks like a freaking PX6 game. Like you have to like just go click on the video and just like watch a little bit of the yeah. video. It's from Twitter. Right yeah, but uh, the YouTube channel Bad Robo is responsible for these magnificent Whoa. creations. And it's designed several uh, different areas of jungle setting, including a waterfall city. Uh, that looks as though it was taken right out of James Cameron's avatar. And then take a look at his uh, amazing creation below, obviously, with the video. In the video, we get a glimpse of an ongoing creation, according to the designer themselves, which makes it feel like you're walking through the Amazon rainforest. And it really does feel like that. It's like if I was like had that with like That's an Oculus Rift on my insane. head, you know what I mean? Like I'd for like I'd be like, where the fuck am I? Like it. Uh, <clears throat> to dive even deeper these worlds, uh, fans of Bad Robo's work can take a look at their VR work, which was also created in Dreams. Um, if you guys don't know what Dreams is, Dreams was developed by Media Molecule in 2019 as a game design system that allows players to design their own interactive worlds and assets using Dreams built-in tools and tutorials. It's a game to to make games, <laughs> essentially. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I know Project Spark was that. I think Xbox has something in the works that's going to be doing that soon. And they they did have something that they were they did, but I think it was more for indie games. And, yeah, and um, in Dreams, watch. people have made somebody. They said the best looking carpet we've ever seen, an indie God of War game, and even an unofficial Ratchet and Clank sequel, have all been made in Dreams. Yeah, uh, it's, it's crazy. yeah, uh, Dreams led to the creation of the MP Awards, an award ceremony to celebrate the Dreams community. That's cool. 
I'm, yeah. I'm watching the video and it looks very hyper realized. It's very like, realistic. It's very good. Yeah, that's and like the only way I can describe it. Like it's so it it looks like a PS6 game. Like somebody said that, and it, it's not a lie. It really <laughs> does. It's super realistic. It does. it does, and it look it, it looks really good. And talking about stuff like this, like a while ago we talked about Project Mara, which hyper realized an entire apartment with all the dust and the smallest details. Right. Like the and then I and then I talked about the face rendering with the yeah, that different with the other game that uh, I think. Epics. Is it Epic that was working on it? Yeah, I think no. so. Yeah, Epic was doing something with it, and then you have the the AI system that GTA that the Rockstar DLSS. Yeah, that Rockstar is starting to implement into their future games for making the the NPCs more uh, lifelike. Like literally, there's there's so I know gaming is just going up, dude. Like there's so much information um, information going on about this kind of stuff, but. uh... You know, Great. out of like the less technical and more into another video game, uh, Amnesia. You know, if you guys know PewDiePie, then you know Amnesia. That's where he got his uh, start out. Um, his fame came from. Yeah, that's where that's where his fame came from in like 2011, 2010, 2012, around there, that era. PewDiePie. But anyway, Amnesia Rebirth now has a less scary adventure mode, which is pretty cool to me because I'm not a big fan of horror games, but I would actually play this because I really do. I like i i like adventure games one and two amnesia was i've watched all of them all the way through it's not like i can't watch them it's just i can't play them it gives me too much anxiety but anyway um the new amnesia rebirth adventure mode is now out on pc and is coming to ps4 in a few weeks players can expect a slightly brighter and light-hearted version of the game overall changes include monsters that don't attack you unless provoked a fear meter that isn't affected by darkness, and a few new puzzles. This mode allows players that can't really stomach horror to experience the game's unique themes, story, and environments. Frictional Games says of the new adventure mode. Uh, Frictional released something similar for its 2018 sci-fi horror game, Soma. Uh, games Radar's Alex Avard found Soma's safe mode an essential feature for players who value storytelling over stress. <laughs> Which is me. I watch... Like, I- I watched Markiplier's uh, play of Soma, which is a version of is a game that is set in an underwater base that is that is basically losing power. Right. And and it is a mind bending technological adventure under under this in in, in a real in a world where you are in uh in underwater and in the deepest parts and you could die at any moment because stuff is hunting you um yeah so, yeah. yeah so it's like that freaking game that markiplier also played underwater in the base where you build the bases what the fuck is oh that? yeah subnautica Sub- yeah yeah like <laughs> yeah man Subnautica uh, is so fun i know oh, like man. i like i really I do like subnautica TV. and i liked watching it build you understand like as they worked on it like more and more and more yeah. like the graphics compared from now to what they were like a two years ago you know what I mean? Um, like, oh my God, it's fantastic. Yeah, me and I think me and you both have a, a an unintentional, irrational fear of the ocean itself. Yeah, dude. Uh, like how underwater freaked us out. Yeah, underwater is a fucking freaky goddamn movie. God. Yeah, I dude, that it. movie freaked me out. 
The Abyss is another movie that that I do not like. I I do not like movies that deal with like deep open and, water. Yeah, like shit like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, you'll you'll be by the way with Amnesia, you'll be glad to know the standalone game is currently forty percent off on Steam. While the Frictional Collection, which includes Rebirth, uh, Amnesia: The Dark Descent, Amnesia: The Machine for Pigs, Soma, and Penumbra, which if you guys have never played Penumbra before, I've game seen before Amnesia. Yeah, yeah, it's the game before Amnesia, but you guys should check that one out. I like the puzzles in that one more than I like Amnesia's. Yeah, that one's set in an. Arctic it's seventy-seven percent off. Yeah, and you yeah. you can get like you could die from the cold and stuff like that. Yeah, die from the cold. It has like ghosts demons and pd pipe also played that one i remember yep. that one freaking out <laughs> yeah that one that one was a pretty good one but uh yeah. moving on to more horror games resident evil 8 is being promoted with the life-size lady Demetriscu. uh oh cut out cut out like and i and i laughed out loud because you know she's like seven eight feet tall dude like Holy fuck dude dude she's really tall like did you not know that no i know that but i'm just looking at the cutout oh my I god know. <laughs> yeah dude uh so they made her into the unofficial uh mascot for the game capcom has begun promoting the game in stores uh uh one uh in hong kong is the one that got the attention from the life-size cutout of her and now i'm sure more people are going to be requesting them <laughs> you know what i mean uh can i buy one right can i buy one of her yeah. like can i just get are, are you selling that one in the store? No, that's our store decorated, but I want to buy it. <laughs> right. No, we can't sell I, I will give you $1,000 right now for it. Uh, that's hilarious. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I just wanted to include that little tidbit because now, like, their Capcom's actually running with it. You know what I mean? Like, they they've made her canon, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and the, you know, the attention. Yeah. If it gets the attention for them, then yeah, sure, promote it. Do whatever you want for it because it's gonna work and give people. The, it's gonna make people interested in the video game. Exactly. So, yeah, do it. <laughs> uh, uh, man. Yeah. So that one was pretty cool. But uh, uh, a a little uh, tidbit about. Um, this one I feel like last week's place, episode right? like yeah. I mean yeah it's like it's the second to last one you know what I mean it's just kind of hey. it's just like an update from last week's episode but uh it's March 31st and today Mario dies <laughs> uh, or Nintendo just stopped selling a bunch of games if you guys remember uh today's Pretty the day much. Nintendo says it's removing a number of Mario products from sale the internet says it's executing Mario there's only hours until we find out which is true <laughs> The Japanese Mario 35 Celebration Twitter account, which it will also presumably be terminated after today, has made clear that 31st will be end of service for Mario uh, Brothers 35. And uh, Mario Brothers, uh, or Super Mario 3D All-Stars, will also be disappearing. Yeah. I, I'm reading this tweet that they put out, and it's so funny. Mario, Mario will continue to power up, The re- reads the tweet. So please, continue to support us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um. so everybody's freaking out. They're still doing. They're still doing the memes. You know what I mean? Uh, the, and they Nintendo's not answering us. That that's essentially like the whole uh, premise of this. Like then everybody's asking Nintendo what's what's going on. Uh, but the company's done so little to explain its decisions to its fans that they've taken matters into their own hands, you know, like assuming and coming up with answers to questions like that. They just refuse to answer for whatever fucking reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're becoming a bad, they're becoming a bad guy in the company, in the gaming com- uh, industry. And I'm not happy about it because I, 
I like, I really do enjoy their games, and it, it's always great to play the video games that they make. But yeah, no, like I had, a, I had a Wii, I had the GameCube, I had yeah, like, yeah. like Game Boys. You know what I mean? I like, SNES. my parent, my mom had a SNES, and she let me sixty four. Just yeah, a SNES, a GameCube. I got Game Boys. I had a Wii U. I played Breath of the Wild, being one of the be- one of the better uh, Zelda games I've played. Um, and just, I like their games, but, but I do not like the style, the st- the approaches they're taking to gaming, such as, I think last or late late last year we talked about how they cracked down on the uh, tournament for Smash Bros Melee and the modding community yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, that was fucking shut out all down, and they're also shutting down content on YouTube for modding in the game, and they're just kind of becoming this bad guy. In the gaming industry, like I said, yeah, they're not very user friendly, you know. Yeah, they're they're really it, it sucks because, because uh, no, she's Nintendo's really known for being a family friendly, uh, uh, games and stuff like that. But if they're doing stuff like this, that's not really, in my opinion, quote unquote, family friendly, right? And not really consumer friendly in the pro in, in the process as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, hopefully they'll they'll look and see what they're actually doing is is and and, and taking these approaches and stuff like that and fix it like the other companies are starting to do now like Bioware and CD Projekt Red. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, but on to our, in, yeah. our last uh, article of the day. Yeah. Yeah, our last one. Then we have a little tidbit at the very end. But I found this one to be interesting since we talk since we were talking about Bethesda games and stuff like that, and one being Morrowind. Um, I played Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. I like played the very beginning, and I gotta say it's hard to get into uh, because the the mechanics are so <laughs> fucking rough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's no, just I'm just rough. looking it's... at like this dark elf over here, like standing oh, with yeah, the McDonald's hat on. Like, what the fuck? So. Uh, someone has decided they're gonna mod. They modded McDonald's into Morrowind. So why not? You would get your Netch, Netch nuggets, right? Uh, given there's a player that's out there also building. Uh, I did not know this. There's a guy in No Man's Sky who won't stop building intergalactic fast food restaurants such as Pizza Hut and KFC. <laughs> he just keeps going everywhere and conquering hey, the corporate world. People to find, and that's so great. That's a fucking great, great experience. Just to put your effort into but uh you shouldn't uh be surprised to see the golden arches in uh vardenfell which is a uh place in um in morrowind uh now i uh still a bit weirded out by what the modern ignatius has done to welcome to mick mick uh dagoth a mod that adds a familiar fast food restaurant to the town of balmora in morrowind it has a full, fully, I think, custom-made menu that took snippets from uh, McDonald's, but they implemented their own writing, as well as stuff like that, and made their own like characters, their own employee clothes, and <laughs> a so quarter good. cash eat with cheese. Hell no, yeah. dude! The sentient cats—they're eating them. The salesman. Yeah. The gypsy yeah, cat, the skooma shake, which is probably going to give oh you a good God. drug trip at the right. same time. Big Red Mountain or the Quarter Khajiit with cheese. <laughs> Mick da- uh, Dagos also sells equipable hats and- with the logo on them, which is awesome. Uh, 
Uh, weirdly, this isn't the first mod for adding a burger joint to Morrowind. There's also about Balmora Burger franchise, uh, which puts a water burger in the same town. If you want to imagine competition between two chain restaurants in the other world. Restaurant tycoon. I know. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, but, but uh, uh, our our very last thing here is something that we, Zach wanted to we're share. We're kind with of everyone. going on this this new journey of finding Shrek products that are just out of the blue random. So, last week we found a chess set. This week I have found. What'd you call it? What do you mean? Which one? The the the, the Shrek one. Oh, uh, Shroda. The or Shruda. Shruda. Yeah, the Shruda. So the Shruda is a Shrek Buddha, and it is basically the, the Buddha, the statue, but it has Shrek's head on it. Yeah, I and then he some... found a fucking series of, like, Etsy, I like... I did more digging. Yeah. I did, I did more, some more digging, and I found a guy called Scott on Etsy. Uh, no, Big Boy Studio. His name is Scott. He's from uh, in Streamwood, Illinois. Um, he just makes these little Buddha statues... But they with different pop heads. culture icons on the heads. So, like, he showed me one right here of Godzilla. <laughs> I called him uh, God Buddha. Oh, that's so good. They're all, they're all $10, too. All of them are made $10. I don't know how tall they are. They're probably, like, three, like very small. Between so three and nine them. inches. Oh, depending, that's not too bad. depending on the size um, of the print. Yeah, but uh, he, he's made Thor from Endgame, Fat Thor, GMT, Shredder. Uh, the Martians from Mars. Xenomorph. Spock. Yeah. Uh, Darth Maul, Yondu, Thanos, Bender. Optimus Prime is probably my favorite because it's just the face of Optimus Prime put on top of the human body of Buddha. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Looks uh, like a Daft Mega Punk Man, character. Bert and Ernie, Terminator, a Xenomorph, Slimer, Groot, Yoda, Rick from Rick and Morty, Rick Sanchez. Donkey, Zoid, so many. The Dalek from the Dalek. Yeah, uh, just so many of them. Uh, yeah, Demogorgon and, and and a fair other ones like uh, Iron Man, Flash, uh, Black Panther, Hulk, Batman, Deadpool, Captain America. Just the list goes on. It, it's like only two pages. It's a it's a fair bit though. Right. Um, and they all just have the same model. Some of them have their own unique spin on it, like adding stuff to it because of what the character is. So uh, there's a gingerbread man uh, from Shrek that's also on it. He's called Gingy Buddha, and he has a candy cane with him. Uh, right. And gumdrop, gumdrops on his belly. Uh, <laughs> Very that interesting. That one I, I want. But yeah, there's also Dobby. Sorry, I, I didn't mention Dobby, which is funny. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. If you want to go check it out, his name is Big Boy Studio and Etsy. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Scott. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for this this masterpiece of work that I'm going to probably buy one of them. <laughs> right. Same with the Gollum Duck. I still need to get that. Yeah, dude, we still gotta get Gollum Duck. Gollum Duck. That one's only ten bucks too. Yeah, it, it, I think it was. Yeah, it was a little little over ten bucks, but it was, it was in pre order. But yes, definitely get it. Yes. Um, but I think that is it. That is it, guys. And, uh, you know, until next time, uh, yeah. pray, next time, pray, pray to, Sh- to Shruta. 
pray to Shrewd. I will be uh, in town next time, so you'll probably have better mic quality. Better mic um, quality. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Hell yeah, homies. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, but, but uh, this weekend you guys can be expecting uh, a King Kong versus Godzilla spitting spoilers. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, no, Dad. I watched the movie today. Phenomenal. Yep. Um, uh, monster be, fights are all there. I'll be watching that after this. Yeah, the story is cheesy as fuck, so expect that. But you know what? I care less about that. The monster fights are where it's at, and that's what mattered in that film. Right. And it really shows. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, until next time, guys, stay cracking. See, crispy. Quispy. Thanks for listening to the Spitting Nonsense Podcast. If you enjoyed anything we talked about and want to support or talk to us, we have included all the links you need at the Spitting Nonsense Podcast on Discord. The link is posted in the description. Thanks again for listening.